Authentic discipleship has its failures as well as its successes. But what we're going to see in the middle of it all is that the story of Peter is full of hope because it's a story all about what Jesus Christ can do with flawed disciples like us. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and today, Colin, we're starting a new series all about authentic discipleship. And it's about the life of Peter. And I love Peter, one of my favorite characters in in all of the Bible. I think everyone can relate to Peter. And I find it wonderfully encouraging that Peter was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes when we talk about discipleship, when people think about discipleship, you know, maybe you can get the idea that... uh, What that means is that you have the most marvelous prayer life all of the time. You never put your foot in it or say anything foolish and so forth and so on. And that leads people to say, well, I'm not sure I'm really a disciple of Jesus. I sort of believe, but I'm a long way from the kind of Christian that I think I should be. Well, guess what? You open the Bible and you find the story of Peter. And he's exactly like us. And the Lord Jesus Christ leads him forward in the same way as the Lord Jesus will lead us forward as we follow him. So this story is just full of encouragement. So join us in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, today as we begin our message, Calling. Here's Colin. Today we are beginning a new series on the life of Peter. Now the title for the series is Authentic discipleship. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And here's the obvious question, what then does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? As a pastor, I've been asked on, on more than one occasion, how many members are there in your church? And when I give the answer to that question, the follow-up I've received is, And how many of them are disciples? Now, there's a whole world of programs, practices, courses, ministries that have sprung up around this theme of how to be a disciple. They tend often to lay out what you must do, they depict what a disciple is, what a disciple does, and some of them may be helpful. The problem as I see it is that they can also be very discouraging. If the model disciple is held up as someone who always believes and never doubts, whose prayers are always answered, who is always giving a clear and effective witness to Jesus, then perhaps like me, you will find yourself saying that's a long way from the reality of my life. But what we have here in the Gospels is a long way from an airbrushed picture of an ideal Christian. The wonderful thing that I love about Peter, and I'm sure you do too, is that he is just like us. He is a mass of contradictions. On the one hand, he is clearly a committed follower of Jesus, and yet he keeps questioning what Jesus says. He launches out in faith, and yet he holds back in fear. Sometimes he speaks with wisdom that only God himself could give, and other times he speaks as if he was possessed by the devil. 
Now, I've called this series Authentic Discipleship because in the life of Peter, we have a real-life picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And if you have ever felt that being a genuine disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is beyond you, I want to offer you encouragement in this series. I mean, for a start, the word disciple itself very simply means learner. And a learner is one who, by definition, is not yet all that he or she hopes one day to be. Maybe you look back with a great deal of regret on things that you said or did in the past. Maybe you find it difficult to live with decisions that you have made. I'm a follower of Jesus. How could I have been such a fool? How could I have messed up so badly? Is this not a sign that there's something fundamentally defective about me? Am I really a Christian at all? And what we're going to see in this series again and again is that authentic discipleship has its failures as well as its successes. But what we're going to see in the middle of it all is that the story of Peter is full of hope because it's a story all about what Jesus Christ can do with flawed disciples like us. So please then turn with me to Luke and chapter 5, where we read that on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he, that is Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now picture the scene, the Lord Jesus Christ is standing beside the lake at the edge of the water. He has his back to the water and a crowd has gathered and they are eager to hear what he has to say. They are pressing in on him. These people really are eager to hear the word of God. And then we read that Jesus saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. So here's Peter and his business partners, James and John, and they're not in the crowd that is pressing in to hear the Word of God. They're somewhere off to the side, and they're washing their nets. Now, think about this. Jesus is speaking the Word of God, and there are crowds of people pressing in to hear Him, and Peter, well, he's preoccupied with something else. Now, here is something then for the person who is on the edge of this congregation today. The service is going on around you. You're in the crowd, but you're not pressing in to hear the Word of God. You're fiddling with your cell phone. Your mind is somewhere else. There's a man speaking from the Bible. Some people seem eager to hear what he's saying, but you're not expecting that anything significant will happen for you today. That's where Peter was. Now, why was he on the edge of the crowd? Why was he not pressing in to hear the Word of God like so many others were? 
Well, Peter, of course, already knew Jesus. We know from John's gospel that it was his brother Andrew who had been with John the Baptist and heard John the Baptist say of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it was Andrew who came and told Peter, we have found the Messiah. And so Peter then came with his brother and met Jesus, and John records that Jesus looked at him, that's Peter, and said, you are Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So Simon was this man's original name, and Peter was the new name that Jesus gave to him. Peter had heard Jesus speak the word of God before. There had clearly been many times when he had listened to the word of God intently, but somehow, somewhere along the line, the word of God had become dull to him. What was compelling to other people was no longer compelling to Peter. So he's off to the side while others are pressing in, and he's washing the nets. Now, as the crowd pressed forward, there was a danger that Jesus was going to be pushed back into the water. And so we read in verse 3 that getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So you see what happens here? Peter's off to the side, and Jesus beckons him, calls him into the boat, Peter gets into the boat with Jesus, and he guides the boat out a little way from the land, and then Jesus continues to speak the Word of God to the crowd who are pressing in on the shore. And then Luke records in verse 4 that when he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, if you want to get a fisherman's attention, talk to him about a catch. And that's what Jesus does. He promises a catch. Who can do that? And Peter gives this honest response. Uh, verse 5, Master, we toiled all night. We took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the net. And now we get to the point of the story. And we'll get right back to the story in a moment. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message Calling, part of our new series, Authentic Discipleship. Don't forget, if you ever miss one of the messages, you can always go back, listen again, or catch up with any of the messages you've missed. Come to our website, that's openthebible.org. UK. You can also find our messages as podcasts. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now. We're in Luke chapter 5 in the first 11 verses. Here's Colin. Four things happen in this story that I am praying will happen for us today. A man on the edge of the crowd sees the glory of Jesus. A man who's been barely listening confesses his need to Jesus. A man who knows his own weakness finds hope in Jesus. 
And a man who has been entirely preoccupied with his own business becomes a follower of Jesus. That's what happens in this story. And by God's grace, may these things happen for us today. First then, see the glory of Jesus. Verse 4, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, I put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now remember, there are two boats in this story. One belonged to Peter and the other to his business partners, James and John. In verse 6, we're told that Jesus got into Peter's boat. Peter let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Peter had worked the entire night, and he hadn't caught a single thing. And now with Jesus in the boat, there are so many fish, he can't pull them in. And so verse 7, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And then Luke tells us, verse 9, that Peter and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Astonished. Who is this who can bid fish jump into a net and the fish obey him? And you know, Peter's sense of wonder at Jesus grew as he followed Jesus. He was to see that the Lord Jesus Christ was not only able to bid fish jump into a net, he was able to speak to a storm and it would be still. And Peter and the others said, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? He saw that Jesus could command powers of evil that possessed a man and terrorized a community. And they left. He saw that the body of Jesus was laid in a tomb, but on the third day he rose from the dead. Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is unlike any other person who has ever lived. He speaks of God as his own Father. I and the Father are one. He's God with us. And he knows your heart. He said on one occasion to some who were pushing him away, I know that you do not have the love of God within you. Who in the world can speak like that? Who knows your heart? Answer, Jesus knows your heart. That's why in the book of Hebrews we read these words, No creature is hidden from his sight. All are naked and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. There's no one else like Jesus Christ. He's God with us. He knows your heart. He invites you to come to him. He says, come to me. All you who are weary, those of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who else could speak like that? He makes promises that no one else could ever make or keep. 
Whoever hears my word, he says, and believes in me has eternal life. He can give you eternal life. He says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life, and you will not come into judgment because you have passed from death to life. That's John chapter 5 and verse 24. Now, authentic discipleship begins when you see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this story is given to us, along with all the other stories about Jesus in the Gospels, so that we will see His glory. See the glory of Jesus. Second, confess your need to Jesus. Notice verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, Peter had been happy to lend the use of his boat to Jesus. He'd already referred to Jesus, if you look in verse 5, as master. When Jesus told him to throw out the net, Peter did what he said, despite the fact that he had toiled all night and he had caught nothing. And I expect that if you had asked Peter, he would have described himself as a good person, a hard worker, devoted to his family, a man who believed in Jesus, and a man who tried hard to do what he said. But when Peter saw the glory of Jesus, he saw himself in an entirely different light. And he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. O Lord. Now, why did Peter feel this? It could be that there was some particular sin in his life, something that he was ashamed of and just made him feel that he had to keep at a distance from Jesus. Perhaps that's why he was on the edge of the crowd and Maybe you feel that you need to keep your distance from Jesus because of who you are or because of something that you have done. But I don't think that Peter was thinking about one particular sin. I think he felt a complete and utter failure because he had tried being a disciple before and he couldn't make it work. Now, Matthew and Mark record an earlier event in which Jesus had previously called Peter, James, and John. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus says to Peter and the others, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Matthew tells us that immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Now, some scholars believe that Luke 5, the story that we're looking at today, is simply a longer version of the same event recorded in Matthew 4 and in Mark chapter 1. But the differences are much more striking than the similarities. Matthew and Mark 
make no mention whatever of Jesus teaching the crowd by the edge of the lake, and they say nothing about this miraculous catch of fish. So it seems to me that there is an order of events that we can put together in Peter's story. It began when his brother Andrew introduced him to Jesus, and Jesus, recorded in John chapter 1, gave to Simon the new name of Peter. It then continued, as recorded in Matthew chapter 4, on the occasion where Jesus called Peter and James and John and said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they responded with a serious commitment, like some of us in the past made a serious commitment. They left their nets, and followed him. But then something went wrong, and Peter went back. And I think that's why he was on the edge of the crowd. I've tried this before, and I couldn't keep it up. Jesus the life that you're calling me to is beyond me. I don't have what it takes. I'm not your man, Jesus. You need someone else. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I'll only let you down. And maybe you've tried to live the Christian life and found that you couldn't do it. It was just too hard. And that's why you're on the edge of the crowd. You sense that Jesus has something to offer. You wouldn't be here otherwise. But you don't think it's for you. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. And if that's how you feel today, I really do have good news from the Scriptures for you. Your sin need not be the defining thing about you. Isn't that good news? Jesus is calling you to be his disciple, and Jesus will make you what he calls you to be. You've been listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible and our message, Calling, the first part of our series, Authentic Discipleship. And if you ever miss one of the series, or if you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that. Why don't you come online to openthebible.org.uk. There you can listen to any of the previously broadcast messages. And you can also find them as podcasts. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners. That's people just like you. If that's something you haven't done up to this time but feel you'd like to begin doing it, we have an offer for you this month. If you are able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to thank you by sending you an Advent devotional. It's called The Coming of the King and it's by J.C. Ryle. Now, Colin, how might we benefit from reading this book? 
Well, it's a book to help us prepare for Christmas. And Christmas is not only the most wonderful and joyful time of the year, it's also for sure the busiest time of the year. And uh, we all have relentless schedules as we move into these next weeks that lie ahead of us. So if you're looking for something that would give you in just a very short space of time some rich nourishment to focus your mind and your heart on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the hope that is yours in him. This book by J.C. Ryle, The Coming of the King, I think will be absolutely ideal and wonderfully helpful to you. It gives in just a couple of pages a glimpse of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ for each day leading up to Christmas. You can use it over a period of 25 days. I love reading Ryle. He's so clear, he's so warm, he's so Christ-centered. And you will find this nourishing for your soul in the relentless busyness of this season. The Coming of the King by Bishop Ryle. I'm going to be reading it again as we go through Advent, and I hope that it will be a blessing and a joy for you as well. And we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a thank you for setting up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. Peter would very likely have described himself as a good person, a hard worker, devoted to his family, and a believer in Jesus. But when he saw the glory of Jesus, he saw himself in an entirely different light. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.